0: This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience.
1: War Eagle Auburn fans, and welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football. My name is Jared, and I am not usually the host. You hear me kind of helping AJ out. AJ is not here, so I have actually invited my brother to come on. If y'all listened to the review of the San Jose State game, I'm sorry you did that. But you did get to hear my brother, uh, Jamie. How are you doing, sir? I'm well. We're Eagle. We're Eagle. Um, So we got the uh, the bad taste of reviewing the San Jose State game over with. So we are going to take a look at this week's opponent, and that is the mighty Penn State, the Nittany Lions. And as you remember, probably we went up to their place last year. It was a close game, great environment. Um, We did not get the win, but – uh, you know, all in all, I felt like we were pretty equally matched. felt like a couple of play calls go a different way. We might win that game. So, just in general, what are your thoughts about Penn State coming into town and how are you feeling about it? And, you know, just tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so what should happen is exactly the reverse of what happened last year. Is They should come in. Our environment should be enough to be the difference um, – we, if you go and look at the talent of recruiting over the last uh, five years, so that includes the red shirt year, and also if anybody got a free year from COVID, um, really we basically equally match from a talent standpoint. I think they're on some ratings, they're 12 and we're 14, depending on what site you go with. We might be a little higher in some and they might be a little lower in some. So basically, two equally matched teams, the home team should win based on atmosphere and everything else. So that's what should happen. Um, what will happen is anybody's guess.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's um, you know if you if you look back last year, they started out um, you know they looked pretty good at the beginning of the year, and I think they went two and six in their last eight games. So you know we talk about what we did. They finished the season seven and six. But the funny thing was is they they didn't really get the um, they almost kind of got a pass by the media because the media they're ranked right now and the media kind of thought they were going to be pretty good this year as well, entering in, and that's after losing, you know, Jahan Dotson, who just had a pretty good game on the NFL on Sunday. You know, they lost him. Um, I know they have a better recruiting class and have had a few better recruiting classes, but I was a little surprised that they kind of, the media had them right outside the 25, top 25, and then they beat Purdue and they're in. Um, Because really, if you want to think about it, they finished almost like we did, and their coach has been there a little longer. So I yeah. um, found that a little interesting. I, I, it, not that that's a huge topic, but do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I think it's recruiting. I think it's expectations, too. I think, um, as crazy as it sounds, there's not the, – the Big Ten and Penn State is not the the boiler room that the SEC is, especially the SEC West is. On top of that, they did have a few big recruits. I think they got the number one recruit running back in the nation – um, so, the top the track behind Auburn, no matter how many good recruits they have, is that has been the bad recruiting. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're only recruiting 16 guys instead of 25. Now, don't get me wrong, over time, that's going to catch up with you because you, you're losing the numbers game. Um, so, but the talent Auburn's getting in is not bad. Like I like a reference at the beginning, we are almost equal on the talent level as far as when they came out of high school. Um, so, the question there is now what you're going to do with it. So, I think that there's a lot of perception. And a lot of basically, what's the expectation of um, the SCC, the SCC West versus um, a college, a team in the Northeast? I mean, if you think about it, the most relevant team in the Northeast, football-wise, is Penn State. Um, they, they have they have twenty pro teams up in the Northeast. there, that's where their allegiances lie. So it's just less <laughs> media attention.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, I I agree with you. And again, I, I it wasn't a huge storyline. I just Found it a little interesting. Um, I I think, and I did not check before we jumped on here. Before San Jose State, the ESPN, uh, had, you know, the analytics they have had us predicted to win this game. I don't know if that's shifted or not. I do know that Vegas has us uh, opened the line at, with us being a one point underdog to Penn State. Um, is that surprising to you at all? Or no, that that was that
0: was going to be a hundred percent on how we played against San Jose State. So we are coming off San Jose State. They are coming off Ohio. They look good against Ohio. We didn't look outstanding against San Jose State. And Vegas is not about um, what they actually even think will happen. You know, a lot of times you hear when they do our correct. People say Vegas knows what they're doing. Vegas is about where the how to get money to be even on both sides. So Penn State, Auburn, two nationally known teams. I, you know, I'd love to go back and look. You know, historically, what we were, you know, both probably two, two top fifteen teams. So now you're going back and you're saying this team's two and o, this team's two and o, this team's played two. I'll use the word cupcakes, and I'm doing quotation marks. And Penn State has Purdue underneath their belt, so you know they're getting a little bit of the nod. And again, it goes back to what we talking about real, early on: is this that perception thing? There's a lot of pressure on Harson. There's a lot of pressure on Auburn. Um, Penn State is under less pressure, and so is James Franklin. And that's just the – I think that's what you're seeing from Vegas as much as anything.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I do think there's a little – there's a little bit of love for James Franklin, uh, probably what he was able to do at Vanderbilt, because, I mean, he was – the media was throwing his name out for the USC job and a couple other jobs. Um, So, but – He wound up staying at Penn State, obviously. Um, They did have – you mentioned the Ohio game. So if we're going to talk about Penn State a little bit this year, players that are probably going to have an impact, you know, maybe not the the great recruiting class they just had, but this year. But uh, the players that are going to play, they have a receiver who had 10 catches for 178 yards. Um, So I don't care who you're playing, that's pretty good. And I mentioned uh, Jahan – excuse me, Jahan Dotson. You know, he was really their – they they hit a few seam routes with tight ends last year, if I remember correctly, where they weren't covered. But overall, Dotson was really their their offensive threat. So it sounds like they may have a guy that's just ready to step in and replace him, and that may not be good news for us. Yeah, maybe. Um,
0: obviously, the the good teams always have develop talent, and they're going to develop a go to guy. So, but if you you know, it's also hard to evaluate. Stayed off two games. If you go back and look at the Purdue game, the quarterback was about 55 percent. Um, no um, receiver stood out, their running back really stood out. They all were about 3.3 yards per carry. Um, obviously, they had one running back and one receiver um, explode in the Ohio game, um, and the quarterbacks, um, re- Rating and completion percentage went way up. So, I think you can attribute some of that to talent. If we Again, if we go back to the Purdue game, which first game of the season, um, you probably are seeing more along the lines of what I would expect to see against Auburn. Not meaning Auburn's going to win, but I think those numbers will come back down.
1: Yeah, you're right. And it's tough to tell. I mean, Ohio, you know, the funny thing is we all want mid-majors in together, right? Ohio, San Jose State, same team. Uh, They did well. We didn't. And we should have done better against San Jose State, but who knows? Maybe they are a pretty legit, you know, team, and maybe Ohio's not good. So, it is just – it's super hard to, you know, compare that type of stuff. But we'll find out. Um, They've already played a a decent opponent in in Purdue. This will be our first. So, it'll be really kind of the telltale sign of of where we are. And um, hopefully it'll be a good crowd, 330 would have rather been a night game, but we, we've had two of those already. So I guess this will be on CBS. I haven't actually even checked that out. Do you know?
0: I, I don't know, but if it's three thirty, mm-hmm. unless the contracts have changed, it almost has to be CBS. So, so that um, means we
1: get the great Gary Danielson. Um, <laughs>
0: no comment. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'll try to stay positive about our team, about our players. Um, you you won't get me to be positive about CBS's coverage of college football. <laughs> football.
1: Um, all right, so re- about the actual game from an Auburn standpoint, on the offensive side, do you have any player or players that you you are going to be watching and and would like to see you know this or that happen for us to be successful? <laughs> In-
0: It's there. So Auburn's going to win or lose based on two, two categories. We're going to need to be under seven penalties for the game and we're going to have to win the turnover rate battle. So to me, it's not a player. It's, it's those two things there. Um, We've got to play a clean game and we'll be all right. Um, You know, obviously the running game, look at the running numbers. We need to be over one fifty. um, to on um, the running game, and we're going to need to be over 150 in the passing game. I mean, those sounds pretty low, but um, I think our defense can hold up enough that if we can put up um, 175 on both sides of, of the running and passing game, that we'll be fine. I'd love to see us mix in more of our running backs. Man, I love our running backs. I think they all have different qualities about them. Some of them speed, some of them juke. Tank has a lot of power. Um, love to get them more involved. Get the and I'd love to see that short passing game get more involved. Um, I think we talked about this in the San Jose State game, where more slants, more just um, quick passes help TJ out a little bit. So be, since he loves that first read so much, let's make that easier on him.
1: Yeah, I, so I agree with you on the the penalties and turnovers, and we are not good. We don't have any turnovers actually this year, and have committed four. So and last year we finished. I think around 100th in the country. Now, we were not bad giving it away. We only gave away 12, but we only got 12. We were, we were net zero. So um, And Harson keeps talking about that, and Schmetting talked about it in the offseason, and I don't know how you fix that, to be honest with you. You'll see teams, you know, there were, at, there were years where, when Nick Saban, Alabama didn't, you know, their offense was, was not going to win them the game, and their DB would, you know, take one to the house. Um, you you got to find ways to do that. I think uh, offensively, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of people that know a lot more about it than I do that are still concerned about our offensive line. And there are a few times, and, and percentage-wise, it's probably higher than you want where we're hit right at the line. But I feel like I'm seeing more second-level uh, running backs getting to the second level this year, which is allowing the Jukes, right? Because we used to – we we I don't feel like we saw a lot of that last year, even against the smaller teams. So when you get Tank and Jarquez, and we only saw Damari, but he just hit a hole. He didn't have to juke. But Jarquez and Taint, when they get to that next level, they're not getting tackled. They're all they're making jukes and they're getting another fifteen, twenty yards on top of that. I I've seen some things that are that will give me a little bit of hope from the offensive line. Um, but then there are times where they're getting stuffed right at the line and you feel like that should really never happen against small opponents. So I guess overall I'm rambling, but to ask you, have you what is your perspective right now of what the O line can allow for the running backs
0: um it you know it starts up front with the o-line on the offensive side and the d-line on the defensive side um auburn has not been successful and this is not a secret this is not a bashing this is public knowledge at recruiting offensive line over the last five years Um, so there is a problem there (laughs) Um, they have looked solid against two overmatched opponents. Um, I'm a big proponent of when you got somebody who's overmatched, you just bully them. You basically take these big old 300-pound offensive linemen and you let them that are stronger, bigger, um, uglier than the other team, and you let them just push them off the ball. Um, We haven't done that, so that is concerning when we're going against a team that should be more equally talented uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So, again, you're going to have to game plan for that. Uh, okay. We talked about this in San Jose State game. They planned for Auburn dominating the offensive line. So, what they did is they did short passes and rollouts. Um, so, I don't know if that's if TJ is great on the rollout um, as much, but we're going to have to game plan for that. Um, and then on the running game, I agree, that's, that's, that's a concern. If you want to have a great running game, have a great offensive line. Um, and, yeah, we, we're not there yet. Um, let's, let's hope we can get there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'd love to see it.
1: All right, true or false, TJ will have a 60% or greater completion percentage on Saturday. <laughs> no, wait,
0: did, okay, true or false, did Auburn win the game?
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, that may, may be where we're headed with your answer. So. Yeah, yeah, so, so,
0: so it, it kind of goes along with the interception thing. I'm I'm going to say if Auburn wins, he's over 60%. Um, I, I, I'm horrible at predicting. I don't believe in it. I don't I don't know. I don't know. We, neither team has played. We don't know who either team has played. All we know is the names they played. They played Ohio and Purdue. We played San Jose and Mercer. We have no idea how those teams are going to be by the end of the year. Um, so I don't know who we are. So the, ant, the answer is if we're going to win the game, he needs to be 60 or higher. And I'll tell you this, Penn State's quarterback against Purdue wasn't 60% or higher. Um, in fact, if I were Harson um, and Smetting, I would basically de- play it the way Tuberville did. I'd basically stop the run and make them one-dimensional passing, um, and then let our DBs and cornerbacks um, make them work their way down the field.
1: Yeah. I think you're right, and I think the one thing our o, our D line has not really struggled with. They had a few that got away from them, but they they pretty much shut down the run. I mean, they did what you would would want them to do against lesser opponents, and for the most part, they really did that last year. Um, it was it was the uh, dinking and dunking and and the pass game that kind of got us. So, I think we might be able to do that if that's our goal. But then we gotta we gotta have the DB step up, um, and I think they can. Um, all right, uh, What uh, you, I know you don't like to predict, you just said that, but does Robbie Ashford take more than 10 snaps?
0: Absolutely. If we're going to yeah. win the game, yeah.
1: Okay. Does Robbie Ashford throw more than four times? I think I'm good over
0: under four. Um, under four? I'm going to say okay. he throws exactly four passes.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to have, uh, I think we have now finally realized, everybody wanted it to be, is it Robbie or TJ? And, oh, who's looking better? Who's going to take it? I think at this point, it's Robbie and TJ. I think that's just what we're going to roll with. Man, and-
0: you can't beat in the red zone or third and short having a guy that can either dump it off to the tight end or fake the handoff and run it or hand it off himself. I mean, you you have a triple threat there that is um, that is so hard to defend. Go for it.
1: I agree. And what did you think about um, last week, man, the San Jose State game? I mean, TJ's not known for that, and he, he pulled it, and he, he plowed two guys over and got in. That was a surprise. I, I, I assume that caught San Jose State off guard. I I almost wonder if he called
0: that himself, because I would <laughs> I not expect the coaching staff to call him on the run. I mean... Again, and I've, I said this in the San Jose game. If you don't, you didn't hear that one. I want TJ Finley to be successful. Love his story. Love him. Um, love everything about uh, that I hear and see about him. Um, but the guy is not a runner. Again, I can, the best example I have is oh um, shoot, I use this in the previous one. Now uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben
1: Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, and, yeah. and again, you never saw Ben Roethlisberger pull the ball down and run. So, but he, he basically, his goal was to basically let guys bounce off of him while he was throwing down the field. So um, <laughs> I'll take it, but I don't expect to see that too often.
1: Well, it was funny. We, we talked kind of about it, but it was really funny to watch that it was either the fourth down completion to tank or maybe the one to shinker. And he literally had two guys draped on him, like uh, draped on him. He's not even phased. He still gets the pass off. They don't bring him down. They go to the ground. <laughs> like, I mean, the guy is, he, he's a big dude. Yeah, um, it, was, it was very
0: reminiscent. And you pointed this out in the previous podcast of the Georgia State. I mean, guys rolling around, bouncing off of him, and he's a sort of, and again, that's the Ben Roethlisberger part of his game that I think gives us all hope.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um All right, so on the defensive side, and feel free to say as a unit or whatnot, but are there any particular players you want to see more of or want to continue to see what you've been seeing? What what are your thoughts? What do you think we need to see on that side for us to be successful uh, against Penn State?
0: So what I love is this guy's not a running quarterback. You go look at his numbers. He doesn't pull it down and run. You can put the pass rush on him and not worry about him then pulling it down and taking off. He's probably kind of TJ's twin in that regard. So, in fact, if you look at their passing percentages and their running numbers, they're actually quite similar this year. Now, that's a small, very small sample size. So, what I'm looking forward to is Leota, Hall, uh, and Wooten just going to town on him. Now, again, I'm not predicting it to happen, but if you want to know what I'm looking forward to, that's what I want to see. I want to see a guy constantly under pressure, having to step up in the pocket, and I hope that pocket's collapsing all around him.
1: Do you think schematically in the first two games we did things different than we will this game on on the defensive front? Or do you think it, it – I don't understand that side of the ball well enough. Do you think it pretty much line up, beat your man? Or do you think there's some stuff we'll probably do differently against a uh, more equal opponent?
0: No, no, I, I, I think there's several things that go on there. One is, you, obviously, you're going to play the win the game, but you're also going to try to hold some things back um, for your better opponent. So, I'm guessing they played a lot of base um, defense in the first two games, and I'm, I'm betting or assuming they're going to be a little bit more creative in this game. And the fact that you're playing a totally different type of opponent. Again, this quarterback is not a running quarterback. He's going to sit in the pocket. Um, things like that. Yeah, you're, you're going to scheme to that. So absolutely expect a difference. Um, will it show up on the, on the tape to the novice uh, watcher? Maybe, maybe not. But, yes, I fully expect us to uh, try to collapse the uh, – come from the outside and then bring force him up into the middle where hopefully we can have um, the big guy out of Oregon that I'm blanking out of his name right now, hopefully eating up some people and forcing the quarterback into him or Wooten or somebody like that.
1: So I know we've gone over the offense, we've gone over the defense. Um, let's just go ahead and give an overall prediction of what you think is going to happen, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. So what's your thoughts? Do you think we win the ball game? How do you think it goes? And do you got a score prediction for me?
0: I'll say what should happen, so I won't say what will happen. Uh, there's two, Again, um, if we protect the ball – we play cleanly and don't get the penalties. We should come out of there with a win, four points to a seven-point win. It'll, it'll come down to the end of the game, um, but we should come out victorious. The home crowd should be the difference. Um, as, as you're starting to hear even from other SEC opponents, Jordan-Hare is one of the toughest places to play. It would be even tougher if it was a night game. Um, but as you mentioned, um, we'll be at 3.30. But if we can be in there in the fourth quarter, um, getting there late, get the crowd into it as the sun starts setting later in the day, um, we should come out victorious, like I said. Um, you know, maybe 28-24 Auburn, uh, something like that.
1: 28-24, okay. I like it. Yeah, I think uh, this was before we started playing games. I, I predicted Auburn 28-17. I still feel like if we win the ball game, I think it's more in that category. Like if we're going, if we're going to win the ball game, we're doing well enough for that to happen. I'm going to stick with that score. I still think 28-17. I think our defense will let them move the ball down the field a little bit, uh, but we'll not let them get into the 20s. Um, And I do think that'll be enough to win the game. Obviously we can't play like we did against San Jose State. We got to clean up some things, but I think we'll be more focused. I think teams do look ahead to be honest with you. They'll never say that that happened a little bit last weekend so i'm excited about it uh it'll be our first real test to get an idea of where we are and um sounds like we both got us winning so um hopefully that'll be the case i know aj has us winning by 10 so uh we'll, we'll all be uh happy if that happens and uh jamie i appreciate you joining the podcast maybe we can do this again sometime soon and for everybody listening, thank you all for doing that. War Eagle, and hopefully uh,
0: we go be Penn State. Yeah, I think it's a great barometer for the season. I think uh, we go out there and we look good. I think we can feel good about uh, a lot of those games. If we went there and struggled, then um, it could be in for a long season. So, But yeah, yeah. I appreciate you having me on. I think
1: it was a great barometer. I can make a great point for it. So, all right, War Eagle. War Eagle.